Hey listeners, this is Laura from the future. Just wanted to give you a heads up about this episode. Um, when we recorded this, I was going through some allergy issues, and so my voice wasn't very strong. And in order to compensate for that, Spencer had to try to do some stuff with the sound so that you could hear me. And in the end, it really kind of made the sound all wonky. So we wanted to apologize for this episode. You may have to crank your sound way up in order to hear us. Um, but do not worry. Episode 11 is back to stasis. So again, we apologize for this episode, but uh, hang hang in there with us through it. Um, you can also check our website, marriedwithbg.com, where Spencer put up a text format of this of this podcast so that you can know what we were talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to present to you your host for the Married with Board Games podcast, Spencer and Laura Williams. Hey everyone, I'm Spencer. And I'm Laura. And this is the Married with Board Games podcast. Hey guys. We are glad to be back after an accidental delay. Mm-hmm. Um, Laura's well-being comes first, so she um, she was feeling under the weather for right at about a week almost. Right, yeah. It's, it's been a while, and even still, as soon as I get over that, um, this wild and woolly weather here in North Texas has my allergies on the fritz. Yeah. You probably kind of hear a hint of that in my voice. Um, but it, it's nothing serious, guys. Don't worry about it. Just that, you know, that normal runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, and cough. It's just, it's gotten to me already. Yeah. <laughs> so we appreciate your patience. We know uh, we had at least one panic listener thinking that we canceled the podcast. That is not a plan in the foreseeable future. Right, yeah, uh, especially because this is our 10th episode. Yeah. And it's like, oh, dang. Yeah, exactly. Schedule. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. Just, I just was not feeling up to it. Well, and then, you know, we had lots of other things going on, too. You were doing a show uh, that, and while being sick, so. And you had to go on a business trip had to go for on, a week. Yeah, and it's just been crazy. Right. But for the foreseeable future, knock on wood, I won't because uh, we don't want that. Oh, make our dogs bark. And our daughter wake up. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it's like the, the odds are against us because we've been dealing with her for the past hour trying to get her to sleep. Right. So, but anyway, all that to say, we're glad to be here, and uh, we're glad to be recording our 10th episode. Um, no, there's not a fanfare of exciting events planned for the 10th episode like I wanted to. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but what you do get is a podcast about board games. How about that? Surely, you guys will be happy with that. Yeah. Uh, so we do have an announcement to make. Um, if you've been paying attention, the Dice Tower fundraiser is blowing through the roof. Oh, kind of. Uh, we met this. They met the stretch goal for us to be doing a top 100 video, or not video, top 100 games right. of all time. Right, which we'll probably do in a series. Yeah, yeah. A long video. <laughs> be a very long. Games. Yeah, yeah. And we're still, you know, we, we have the entire year to do it. So we've got a lot of games that we've collected over the holidays and for one reason or another that we haven't even got to yet. So um, it's going to be a while before we start planning that out. And, you know, it might even end up being like a two top 50s, like Laura's top 50 and my top 50. Because, you know, for 2016, it was easy for us to agree on a top 10 for the year. But. 
we may not be able to agree on. Right, yeah, we have different tastes. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, we're excited to do it. Excited and terrified. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but That's so true. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, continuing on talking about the fundraiser, I know that there's, like, as of this recording, two days left. Um, but I think they've got one more stretch goal to reach. They're at 260000 right now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Their final stretch goal is 270000 Um, So I don't know. They might be able to do it. Mm-hmm. So that'd be awesome. So if you catch this before it's over and you haven't uh, donated, that'd be great. You, there's some really cool um, items that you can get in, in exchange for for your pledge, or you can just throw your money at them and not take anything. It's uh, up to you. Speaking of. Yeah. <laughs> um, you could also possibly help Spencer out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to go into all that, but just a reminder that if you do uh, the um, voting for me for the whole dancing thing, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go to a previous episode, old book nine, episode nine, one right before this one, we talked about it mm-hmm. a little bit more in depth. Dancing for the Stars. Dancing for the Stars. If you're a participant as a yes. celebrity dancer. And need to raise money for two great organizations. The way that you win is by votes, and yep. the way that you get votes is by your donations. Yes. A uh, minimum of $5. So if you got five... There's a specialized link for that. Yep. If you have on our website. Yes, it, it is on our website. Um, you can also go to um, dancingforthestarswf.com and find me on there. Um, but I would appreciate it, but uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, this episode, we're going to talk about some games. We are also, um, because of Lars illness, we haven't been able to test out any new recipes, so there won't be... Wasn't really feeling up to eating yeah. nice, rich, tasty <laughs> food yeah. over the past couple weeks. So we won't have a game night grub recipe. I am so sorry, guys, but just know that I'm going to come back with something super awesome to make up for it. Yes, she is. I, I know. Please just forgive me for that. And well, but ready. to make up for it, too, uh, we had a nice suggestion for one of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Um she was commenting how, you know, it would be nice to be able to go back and find those recipes if she wanted to make them. Right. So she suggested, why don't you put them on the website? And I said, why not? So I think I'm, this week I'm going to work on um, making that happen. Um, for the time being, you can, I think, in all of the episodes, if you're listening on iTunes, you can go through the show description, and it's got the recipe on there. But it would be more convenient to go to the website and look them up that way. So I'm going to do that. Thanks for the suggestion, Morgan. I'm going to get on that. And uh, so then the rest of the episode, the topic this week, we're going to talk about um, tips and tricks for gaming uh, with with young gamers and um, how to do it with them and also how to do it, you know, get the most out of your gaming experience when you have young kids. Right. Yep. All right. So look forward to that. But first, let's talk about some games. Laura, what do you want to start, start off with? Okay. I want to start with a game that we received a, a review copy before it goes live on Kickstarter, when is that, the 9th of February? I believe it's February 7th. Oh, wow, even sooner. Yes, yes, <laughs> that was the last date given to us. It might have been, might be changed since then, but the last, all, all that to say, early February. And it's from Infinite Heart Games, and it is called Rabbit Island. Um, it's an interesting game uh, that it actually... Although it has the name Rabbit Island, you might be thinking that this is going to be a simple little kind of kitty game. It really isn't. Uh, it does take some real thought, especially right at the very beginning. Uh, it, it's in two phases. Well, basically, um, just the premise is that you're bunnies and you are um, discovering and inhabiting a new island. You are discovering and inhabiting a new island. 
and um, you are harvesting carrots and building camps and villages and towns and those are how you get victory points and at the end of the game the player with the most victory points wins mm-hmm. um, it's in two phases phase one is the discovery of the island which is basically you uh, laying out your tiles of different areas whether they be meadows mm-hmm. or forests or caves or rivers or rivers or valleys yeah I hit meadows all the time did you say meadows mm-hmm. okay and uh, laying those out which there's a very specific way that you have to do that um, that's phase one and then phase two is your navigating around the island mm-hmm. um, in order to build those different settlements that I talked about um, also harvesting your carrots and possibly um, sabotaging the other bunnies and wait a minute no not possibly uh, you are sabotaging them at well, least in the case of you attempting yeah. to sabotage the other bunnies sometimes it backfires <laughs> uh, due to action cards that mm-hmm. you play what I thought was interesting well first of all going back to that first phase the exploration phase was you know it's not just simply drawing tiles and laying them down however you know like you said there's a specific way you have to lay them down, and it is a, an effort on the part of everybody. It's not a cooperative game, but at the beginning of the game, everybody takes a turn laying down their tiles. Mm-hmm. And um, so, it, well, first of all, you get a different map every single time you play. Right. right? All right. Um, and it's not just you're making like a five-by-five five grid. You. Oh, not at all. Um, because like what are some of the, the rules that you have to follow well, when laying them down? the requirements are that uh, the way these tiles are designed um, – of course, it's um, four-sided. I mean, it's almost like a square, but they've made kind of grooves in them so that your tiles don't slide, which mm-hmm. I, I do like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got like a, a cross on it, so it's, you've got four directions you can go on this tile or, or a path that's laid out as a cross almost on it. Um, but there are footprints going in specific directions on these. Some um, some tiles, there's only one set of footprints going off, mm-hmm. and some tiles, there's, one, there's two sets of footprints going off. They keep going directly from each other. They keep making a right angle, those kinds of things. And when you lay these tiles down, um, you have to lead up. You start out with Founder's Hill, which mm-hmm. there, if you're playing the long game, there are four sets of footprints that are going off in each direction. You have to lay a blank path on that tile leading up to footprints mm-hmm. and then the footprints from your tile go off wherever and so then the next tile that will connect to the one that you have just laid down has to connect to where the footprints lead off right if that makes sense um it's hard for me to yeah it's, it's, so it's another one of those things that it's hard for me to explain mm-hmm. to people listening it's much more of a visual thing so imagine so imagine you have like an arrow pointing one way and then for every arrow that you have pointing in a direction the only feasible tile you could put there is a tile that has not an arrow on one of its directions. Right. Right. Yeah, and it then point to something blank. Yes. And then um <laughs> it is hard to explain with that. Right. Yeah, like I said, it's hard to explain. Um so there is that stipulation. On top of that, um all of your text has to face the same way. You right. cannot mm-hmm. rotate the tiles so that the text doesn't um read all the same way and um, you also cannot make infinite loops we have laid out maps three times and two out of the three times we accidentally had an infinite loop <laughs> pointed out to us yes. 
including the first time Bi became a designer. <laughs> but you were very appreciative of yes. her pointing it out to us. Um, we just innocently posted a picture on our Instagram account. Mm. You can go back and look at it. And then I believe it wasn't it the next day. Yeah. We got an email of guys. I'm glad to see y'all are playing the game. Um, but there was also other cool feedback of people saying, "Hey, I got to yeah. play test that game at a con. Mm. Uh, that I'm really excited for it to be on Kickstarter." So that was really cool to see. But um, the publisher, or I mean, the designer, did let us know, "Hey, y'all did make an infinite loop here, yeah, and that's not permissible." Basically, what you mean is, by laying the tiles down, the footprints could make a circle to where you could, in theory, you ease your going in a circle around, 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 around. Yeah, that's not allowed. No. Um, in fact, we just made a concerted effort before recording of we have to lay out the tiles in a way that in the correct way. Mm-hmm. We have to make a correct map at least once. And well, it took effort. Well, yeah, you just got to think about it. And it's not hard, but it's one of those things where you've got some other things you should think about, too. And if you've got people, you know, being silly and, and you know, you, you might get distracted. Is up to how many players? Four. Oh, okay. Yeah. You might get distracted, so you just got to pay attention. Like I said, it's not a difficult thing, and it's and I understand the reason for it. It makes total sense once you play because, yes. um, you know, it, it makes the gameplay more interesting that way. But because at least one person really needs to be paying attention. Yeah, yeah. Well, and because what happens is um, w- when you get to that second phase, when you're exploring the island and, and building your, your buildings and whatnot, the way you move is by playing movement cards, which I like. Mm-hmm. That you're not rolling the die or you know whatever. You have to move. Yeah, you get the total number on that card. Yeah, you you essentially have two options each turn. You get to draw a card at the end of your turn once you spend one of those movement cards. So you have two movement cards yeah. in your hand is what you mean. Yes, yeah. So like you could have a four or a two, and you can either move four spaces or two spaces. Well, and like Laura said, you have to move all of those spaces. So it's really interesting, you know, when you have those different paths laid out, following those footprints, where you're going to end up. You don't really want to go this way, but you have to because you play the card. Especially when it's happened to me on a couple of occasions where I get two cards of the same number. Well, which one I'm going to oh, choose? This yeah. two or this two? <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, so, yeah, it does make for an interesting game. And um, I really like that. I think Me too. that even though you have four different directions on those tiles, only being able to move. Following steps. Yeah. Yes. And it makes sense too, thematically with rabbits. You know, they've got their, their own path carved out. And uh-huh. um, Speaking of the theme, what do you think about the theme? I think it's cute. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it doesn't feel childish at all. No. Because there are plenty of adult games mm-hmm. that are animal themed. Yeah. And so I, I like it, and, and the theme works so well because, um, of course, wherever you make, some paths are going to end, mm-hmm. and they end in a tunnel. Yeah. And I think, everybody, go Going to the tunnel, go back to Founder's Hill. Yes. And um, as you mentioned, you're harvesting carrots to yes. eat, and you spend those carrots to build your different buildings, which is, is adorable, too. But there um, are also these action cards that you can collect, oh. like at Founder's Hill. Yeah. Um, or in... Uh, carrot patches mm-hmm. that you can use for your advantage or for the disadvantage of another player. And that was something else that we really had to start training ourselves. You know, when mm-hmm. you, because um, anytime you land on any of these tiles, you perform that action. However, you have to wait. So that's our automatic uh, reaction is we want to immediately perform the action mm-hmm. of the tile. And it took us a It's while. kind of an instinct. You know, you land on something and you do it. Yes. I mean, 
how many games are there that that could that could happen? Mm-hmm. And in this game, you get to that tile, and then you have to go around the table and allow and give anybody a chance to play an action card. Yeah. And then you can perform the action. Because like one of the tile. like one of the action cards is you force your opponent to move a space move forward. Move forward a space. Right. So then they won't even be on that tile. Right. Yeah. Or say what your, if your action was going to be that you were going to harvest the carrots on that mm-hmm. tile, but somebody else is going to play a drought card, which means you harvest zero carrots. Or yep. if you, as the bunny your, or the rabbit yourself, mm-hmm. move onto that tile and it's one that you're going to get to harvest carrots from, you can play one that it's kind of like the year of plenty card yeah. almost in Catan. Yeah, you double. You double your amount of carrots that yeah. you're going to harvest. Uh, you have to it's something we we decided a couple of times. Just yeah. like, wait, 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 action card first, please. Yeah, so remember wow. that. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned Catan, you know, and there, they have a, there's an element in this game kind of like that um, where, you know, in Catan you can get a reward for having the longest road. Well, here, if you control the most amount of touching um, harvest, or it's, it's called a harvest group. It's tiles that are touching where, like, the paths can connect. Where you control your settlements. Mm -hmm. Yes. If they are, like, in a row, in a line, in some kind of thing where they are touching each other, Mm -hmm. whoever has the biggest one gets a victory. Well, and then whenever you harvest from one of those tiles, and you you can harvest from all of the ones in that harvest group, so you could end up getting a lot of carrots Uh that turn. I think I ended up getting, like, 110 carrots at least. But imagine imagine if if you had played the double... Mm-hmm. you know, card. So lots of different things to think about with this game. Um, you know, there are different strategies to explore. Yeah. You know, do you want to focus on just a few tiles and try to build up your settlements on that one? Or do you want to spread out your settlements? Well, even on top of what you're talking about with the strategies, the first time we were playing, I was not paying attention. <laughs> Spencer told him, ooh, new game. And I was looking at it. My understanding was you were supposed to end the game with the most carrots. Nope. No, you're not. You're supposed to be getting victory points. Well, if you do end the game with the most carrots, you get a bonus point. That's at least one point. Yeah. Um, but, so my understanding was you're supposed Mm. to get the most carrots. So I was looking at trying to build up big settlements next to each other. Didn't necessarily need the largest harvest group. Mm. I just wanted to get the most carrots harvested. I still won. You still won. <laughs> well, and because what happens is if an opponent, it's kind of like Monopoly where if opponent lands on a settlement or a tile that you control, because the interesting b- thing about this game is when you build settlements, you stack them up on top of each other. Uh-huh. And even though you've built the settlement on that you tile. camp, which yeah, is the first level. Yeah, an opponent can come and build on top of yours. Right. And then someone else can come along and build on top of theirs. Yes. And so the person who's on top is the one that controls that tile. Mm-hmm. And so even if an opponent lands on your tile that you control, you get the carrots for that. But the person you landed on there can share the harvest with they you. They can get the carrots as well. Or they can so upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there are a lot of different things going on with this game, and yes. and it's it's a very well-designed game, I think. Oh, yeah, they're doing great work with it. I yeah. Think, like I said, ours was kind of a review copy, prototype copy. Yeah. There's still some things in the works for yeah. it. Like artwork, because like, the cards don't have the artwork on them. Right, all and I'm sure that probably some component pieces that are still mm-hmm. going to be 
DD stuff a yeah. little bit. Well, I hope they keep the little rabbit maples. Oh, the rabbit maples, they have to stay. <laughs> Those I are fun. like the uh, settlement. Yeah, the tokens. Oh, yeah. tokens. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. think they would probably use those up. Yeah, but it's it's a great game. They like I said, an it's excellent it's job, and I look forward to seeing how they do on Kickstarter. Yeah, I think this this is a perfect one for a family lighter style exploration area control type game. Yes. Um, I, I, I would like to think, I'm going to mention this in our, because we're going to be doing a video review on this. I think this would be a good one to keep around for when our, our girls get older. Yes. You know, it would be a great one to play with them. And that's not to say, like like you said, it's not a kid's game. No, not at all. But it does, you know, it is very accessible, I think, to lots of different age groups. Yes. And not only age groups, but um, skill level. You know, if, you are, you've, if you've got a spouse that doesn't like real deep, deep, heavy games this one will be totally attainable yeah and and you know um i think we we had a blast just you and i playing it we did you know um there's really good you me playing action card on you you playing it on me and Mm -hmm. um so yeah it works great it's a great one for couples i think a lot to explore and and have a lot of fun with it right that's rabbit island next we want to talk about a little game from fireside games called Dastardly Dirigibles. Um, the premise of this game is it's steampunk theme. You are a, a dirigible, if you don't know what that means. It's a blimp, you know, blimp. Uh, you are trying to... Zeppelin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, a Zeppelin. Um, Name the movie. <laughs> um, you want to build the best Zeppelin, and um, you, uh, you want to get the most the highest scoring zeppelin essentially and everybody gets this real cool player mat that looks that's a blueprint and it's divided up into i think six sections so you've got a nose cone you've got a thrust motor you've got a different sections that are have a name and you've got tail whatever i don't remember all the names for them You've got three different engines you've got your gondola front your gondola yeah, rear there you go you better remember than me and um, so you have cards that are different parts, pieces. different pieces, yeah. But they are all of different suits too. So say one is like a top hat, one there's is a seven. I uh, think there's seven suits and then a wild. Yeah, because there's seven suits and there are seven sections. That's what it is. Okay. Because I'll get to that in a second. Um, but yeah, so there's like, in addition to the artwork of the piece of the the dirigible. There's also a suit, so like a gear, a top hat, you know, that fits with the theme. I think spyglass, um, you know. Chains. Yeah. Yeah, a key. Yeah. So different things like that that represent, you know, or exude the steampunk era. And... um, Well, it's Victorian era. Victorian era, sorry. Yeah. And uh, the artwork is different based on the style, so you can have a real... Well, it's not the artwork, it's the design of the the dirigible. Okay, well, yeah. Artwork is all still the same. It's just You're right, yeah. Thank you for clarifying. So the design... Yeah, we all know we're sticklers for our artwork. We yes. wouldn't let them come in and, this dirigible is designed by this person. Right. And this one is this kind of artwork. Yes. So that would be wonky. <laughs> wonky, wonky. Um, but yeah, they're, they're designed differently. So one might look like a more upscale, like a first class style dirigible. Yeah, one might be with white with gold on it. Yes. And, and jewels. And one... Poor, you know, have oh, patches. Like scary, like, gonna get through some battle. Yeah. 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 
And so yeah, so then you have different cards. There are also different types of special action cards that let you do different things. Um, stealing apart from yeah. the player. So what you're doing is you're going to be laying down these cards, the different parts, and trying to complete your blueprint. Um, on your turn, you can do different things, but the main objective is to complete your dirigible. Um, what happens is the way that is scored, you're going to take the the type, the the suit of the card that you played most, and you score that one. Anything else doesn't count. So let's say that I played three top hats and then a couple other ones of different suits. I would only score the top hats. You get two points for each. Yeah. You also get so many points for if you completed your dirigible. Yeah, you get an extra point if you completed it. the first person to complete their dirigible, that ends the round. Right, exactly. For three rounds. Yes, three rounds. Yeah. Um, yeah, and once somebody completes it, that round is over, and then everybody scores their dirigible. So you could feasibly not have a completed dirigible. You still score it. You're just not going to get that bonus point for completing it. And so I, what I was talking about was knowing that there are seven different spaces. If you manage to get one of each suit laid down on your dirigible, uh, you get like 25 points, like which is awesome. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, that doesn't sound like that would be that hard to lay down you know, just, just save these and put them down or not put down these. Well, here's what happens. Here's the tricky here's thing. The yeah. On somebody else's turn, if they play down a part, everybody else. And we have that same yes. part, not necessarily suit, just part. Yes. Hand. If you have that same part. So let's say Laura plays down a nose cone. If I have a nose cone in my hand, I have to put it down on my blueprint. And it might necessarily not it might not necessarily be the suit that you were wanting right let's say complete let's say that i had like six out of the seven cards my dirigible was all almost complete and i had six of the same suit and i was going to get so many points but laura plays down a nose cone and i have a nose cone of a different suit i have to put it down it's going to mess up my entire plan how about this okay what if you've already played down the part mm -hmm. and you have another one of them in your hand of a different suit and somebody else plays down that part that hurts what happens you have to replace it yes you have so to replace, replace the one that you wanted yeah with the crap in your hand yeah yeah <laughs> so you do have to be pretty tactical with this mm -hmm. if if you played down the part that you want get rid of the extra in your hand yeah yeah because that's that is one of the actions is you can you know discard some of the cards in your hand uh-huh yeah so, um, but yeah, after three rounds of someone completing their dirigible, uh, the game is over, points are totaled, and whoever has the most wins. That's pretty much it. Um, it's very light. It's not much to it at all. Yeah. Um, this is one of those ones, because we did this, where you could very easily you know, be playing but not be 100% mentally invested and still kind of be having a conversation. But, and you can play the game just fine, but if you're doing that, you're not paying attention to what your opponent's doing, uh -huh. which we had a game where uh, our friend was like, all right, I'm done. I'm like, wait a minute, what? He kept completing his dirigibles, and we were not even realizing he was so close to being done. Yeah, done. yeah. So, yeah, that's that's a real tricky thing about, you know, someone having to put, you having to put down a card you don't want to play because somebody else played it. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'd, it is what it is. I, I, it's not, I'm not championing saying it's the best game ever, but... It is, it's a good filler. 
Yeah, you know? we enjoy it. Yeah, we enjoy playing it. Uh, what is one of our favorite perks? Oh, yes, this is the best part. <laughs> if anything else, buy the game for this. On the back of the rules, there's a, what? what is it even called? It's like, I don't know what it's called. It's just a list of Victorian insults. Yeah, yeah, so the whole game, whenever someone does something dastardly, we, we consult the guide and yeah. find an insult and call them a funny name. <laughs> um, they're, it, they're really fun. Yeah. So that, that's a lot of fun to do, do too. Um, and the other tricky thing is those player mats, they fold them up, and so you kind of have to really flatten yeah, those gonna, out. I, I, does it make you mad that I always bend them back? No, no, because they need to lay flat. Because okay. if you don't, the cards will fall all over each yeah, other. But they're laminated nicely. Yeah. If you're so that I think it's a good durable. Oh, yeah. That it's not going to wear through. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anytime yeah. soon. Yeah. And the cards... Are uh, they're not like standard playing card size? They're a little skinnier, more on the dollar. Yeah, almost tarot card size, not quite. I think they're skinnier. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's um, it's it's a fun filler and and light. So yeah. that's that's dastardly dirigibles from Fireside Games. All right. So another little um, Christmas gift that we got that we're. Um, breaking in, and we've actually gotten quite a few players. Yeah, this has co- become kind of a mainstay for us. I think so, yeah, because it's it's good for kind of newer gamers. Yeah, and it's quick, simple, and fun. And, yeah, and that is Celestia from Quick, Simple, Fun Games. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I see what you did there, Spencer. Oh, thank you. Good work. I'm glad you realized it. <laughs> um, this is a game that a lot of people might recognize because... It's basically Cloud Nine, published by the publisher of the Moon. Yeah, <laughs> and adds a few things. Right. Yes, mm. we um, did learn recently playing the new gamer that um, there are some rule changes mm-hmm. um, from Cloud Nine. So uh, if you have played Cloud Nine, you'll see some similarities. But be sure you look over your rule book because um, there's some new things that you might not recognize. So Celestia is. Um, a picture-like game, most definitely. Oh, yeah. Um, players are on this fun little punch-out um, cardboard airship. 3D. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, for real, y'all. It's, it's a lot of fun putting together. It's really cool. And um, the propeller actually spins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and your pawns all fit in the ship. Um, and you're uh, flying from cloud to cloud. Uh it rotates around the table, a uh, player who is the captain, and players all get cards that match to different uh, die faces, because you have seven D6s that you're going to be rolling. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on which cloud you go to, it tells you how many dice you're supposed to roll, and they have different um, things you would face, whether mm-hmm. it would be a lightning storm, or air pirates, or birds. Bird attack, that's my favorite. Bird attack. Yeah. Or like throwing clouds mm-hmm. in the way. But there's also blank blanks on those there's dice too. There's also blank too. die, yes. Um, and so the captain, uh, everybody has, you started out with, I think it was six cards? It depends on the player count. Okay. Um, but you have these cards in your hand that um, after you roll, the captain rolls those die, um, go around the table, and each player says whether or not they're staying in the ship or getting off. If you get off the ship, you get a treasure card for that uh, that particular cloud island whatever it is. Yeah, it's, it's like a little city cl- city in the clouds. Yeah. And um, 
then the captain, if they can, will play down cards that match those die results, saying that they can conquer those, mm-hmm. um... Those threats. Threats, yeah. yes. And, um, then it passes on, or the ship moves to the next class, and, um, captain ship passes to the next player. Mm-hmm. And they keep going until the ship crashes, or everybody jumps off the ship. So how would the ship crash? Uh, the ship crashes if the captain cannot play down cards that match those threats. Mm-hmm. And um, the point of the game is those treasure cards that you collect in each of those little cloud cities um, have points. And the first player gets a few points. Points. Mm-hmm. Well, and the re- keep those cards. Together. Yeah. Well, and the reason why you would want to stay in the ship is because the further you go along, the higher. The higher. Yeah. Those treasure cards are higher and higher points. Yes. Worth more. Um, to like the very last uh, cloud, I think is twenty five points, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it's 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 you've got to weigh that balance of okay, if I get out now, I can get something that's lower Guaranteed value. Some you loot. bank it, yes, but it's gonna be lower. Yeah, so it's it's also it's it's <laughs> do I? You start out only rolling two die, mm-hmm. and then as you keep going, you roll three. See, you don't get to draw any cards until the ship crashes, mm-hmm. or. Um, just the voyage is over because yeah. we played games that the ship has gone all the way to the last cloud. Yeah, we played games that we never made it past like the fourth cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't get to draw any cards until then. So the more and more dice you're rolling, the more and more cards you're playing down. Yeah, it's going to start getting harder and harder to match those threats. Mm-hmm. So that that the decision of it's a gamble. It's oh it's, yeah. It's a, the decision of. Does, does that person have the cards to do it, mm-hmm. or? Well, and even even that can be iffy. Like the most recent game that we played, I had a handful of cards, uh-huh. not a ton of cards. Yeah, they were all clouds, mm-hmm. and I was not rolling any clouds <laughs> at all. And everybody's like, "Oh yeah, I'm staying in." I'm like, "Well, sorry guys, yep. we are crashing." Boom! And of course, you have to physically knock the ship over. And let everybody fall you out. You do not have to. <laughs> you are not required. You just kind of think it's yeah. funny. But then after a while, I get annoyed at picking up That's the true. Wand. That's true. Another interesting thing, and it's in addition to those those cards, there are equipment cards that you can use to change the game, right? Like a jetpack that um, if, even if the ship is crashing, you still land safely on that cloud city and still get to draw cards. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a sky hook that um, whether you are in the ship or not, you can force another player out of the ship. They do get to draw that um, treasure card for that mm-hmm. particular um, cloud city, though. Um, there's one that there's a, like a windfall, and that makes the captain re-roll any blank dice. Mm-hmm. Or there's a die for the captain to re-roll any number of die that they want to re-roll. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, those treasure cards that we're drawing, there's a spyglass. Mm-hmm. You can either use it for point value, or you can use the functioning spyglass, which is another one of those that you re-roll. Well, basically, you ignore what you oh, roll. Right. You just automatically pass. Right, you just treat it like they roll blank. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different little things going on in this, this, this little game, and it, it is quick. You know, 30-minute game, maybe. Mm-hmm. Simple. Yes. I mean, it's a lot of fun. It is. Like, I will never forget when we were playing it at Christmas with um, your sister and her husband. Mm-hmm. This is amazing, you guys. <laughs> I jumped off 
and they kept going. And for the last three crowds, which they were rolling, what, four, four dice? Yeah, four dice. Dice. They kept getting blanks. <laughs> All four of the dice were blanks. And I already jumped off. And it was awesome. <laughs> Man, I was... Yeah, um, I, I think it's definitely... We, we, we played with it because it's two to six players, and we played with its four full amount of players recently and that was interesting with six people um but i i don't know if it's it's one for for two players i no. don't think it's the the more people in there to, to thwart and, and mess things up the more fun it is well that and once a player once there's only one player left in the ship they can't they can keep, keep going can they i thought they could only go one more no they the they can go as far as they want to mm. But again, they're not getting to draw any more cards. Right, right. So that'd be iffy. Definitely, I, I think I think a good a good number is about four, four four to six would be the sweet spot for that game. But that is Celestia from Quick Simple Fun Game. Yes, last game we want to talk about uh, for this episode. Um, it was one of my most. Can you guys guess who designed this game? One of my most wanted for Christmas, and I was gracious to receive it if anybody guessed ryan lockett you are correct <laughs> uh, this is above and below we are super excited to receive this game red raven games by the way red raven games and we love playing it yeah we love playing it um what i like about it and well i'll i'll wait to tell you what i like about it till after i tell you about it um above and below premise is you are trying to make a little village and it's been run off from yeah. the village. Yeah. And it got burned down. And you've gone on this expedition, quest, whatever, to find find a new place to settle. Yes. And so you're wanting to build a new village. You're building a village above, on the ground, and you can also build it below, in these caverns that are below the ground level. So there you get the name, above and below. Haha. What do you know? And um, what you're doing is you have you have people... That you're going to use to be doing different things. And you can hire more. And you can hire more. Yes, you can always hire more. Mm -hmm. um, so you're going to be doing different things like building buildings. You're going to be, you can harvest um, some certain things. Um, you can, well, like you said, you can use some of those people to train uh, new new workers mm -hmm. to come join your, your little village. Um, but one other thing that you can use these people for is to go exploring. Down in the caverns. And that is how you gain the ability to build those underground outposts. Right. And what's really neat is um, you, you have to take at least two of your, your people down there to go exploring. And you're going to take a card and say, I'm going exploring. Here's the card. And here are the people that I'm dedicating to it. And that card has a, has a little grid where you roll a die. And that die corresponds to a number. And that number corresponds to a passage in a book. Mm -hmm. And that book contains... It's a scenario. Yeah. It's an encounter. A couple hundred encounters that you're going to have down below. And um, what you're going to do is you're going to pass that book over to the next player. And they're going to read this little passage. It's dripping with theme. So it's stuff like, so you go into this underground cavern and there is this interesting looking creature that is standing beside an overturned wagon. And this creature looks like he could be harmful. And he also has a person that he has as a slave. As a slave. What, what are you, you going do? to do? Are yeah. you going to free the slave? Yeah. Are you going to 
run away, are you going to hit them with the cards? Yeah, there are a couple different options. And um, with each of those options, you've got an effect. But you don't know that. The person reading it does. But the, but the Well, you have to say your intent. Which yeah. one are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And you have to roll to see if you're successful. Right. And then whatever your result is. Which the, that's where having those people come on the expedition are because their it's ability. Like the die you can put yeah. Through. Well, what happens is their ability, and um, they've got a they've got those lantern symbols on them, mm-hmm. and those correspond to like your die rolls, and that tells you what your actual result is going to be. Much like in Islebound, when one of your pirates rolls in combat. Yes. And like if you roll a one, you only do one damage. Mm-hmm. If you roll a three, you do four damage. Right. Whatever it is. Yeah. Same something kind of concept. Something like that. Yes. And so you compare your results to the option that you chose, and then um, the person will, will tell yeah, you what happens. Your spoils are yeah. four, and you get your consequences. Yeah. So you can do, and that's the that's the tricky thing, is some of these options that so, obviously if you choose the one where it's like help free the slaves, that sounds good in theory, but you're gonna get a new worker possibly. Maybe, but the guy could like attack you and kill one of your people. Or you're going to lose like what is it? There's reputation. Reputation points. So if you ignore them and like help him keep the slave or whatever, your reputation could go down. And if you reputation goes down. It, you lose points at the end of the game. Um, so that's really cool. That whole encounter book, I really like that. And it's written very well. Um, and the, making those decisions, making those decisions of what could the possible outcome be of these, it's like real life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, and then once you have your encounter, it opens up a position for you to build an outpost uh, below your village. So that's another thing you do with your people. Um, the way you get points is by building buildings, of course. So your buildings above and your buildings below. Some of those buildings will have bonus points on them that you can add. You've got an you've got an upgrade track kind of thing. I forget exactly what it's called, but you're going to be laying down different goods that you can get from some of those encounters or from some of your buildings. Yeah, exactly. And um, the further you get on that that track, the more points you're going to get at the end of the game. A um, couple different ways, uh, but yeah, the, the game, you total up your points, whoever has the most wins. Um, what I really like about it is, of course, the artwork. It's that great Ryan Lockett artwork that's so awesome. It's got some similarities to Islebound. It's not, I don't know if you could compare it, but you can see how this came from the same designer. Mm-hmm. And he kind of he does kind of borrow a few elements, which is great because we love Islebound. Um, and, and I really like it above and below is, is definite, you know, we rate it very high. I think I rated it a 10 because I'd played this game, you know, the only, my only concern is, and I don't know how many times you'd have to play it to get to this point is just repeating some of those encounters, you know, but who knows? So we'll see, but I definitely want to get this one to the table more. And, um, it, again, this one you and I, we had, I love playing this with Laura because she does so many great different accents uh, <laughs> for the characters when reading. And then, you know, we, being theatrical people, we get into character when we read these things. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of fun for me and you to play. We, um, 
have these you know real <laughs> real fun encounters doing the different voices and accents and stuff right, so yeah. so yeah that's that's above and below from red raven games well as we mentioned we're gonna skip right past game night grub time and uh we're going to go to our topic of the week um this actually came to us from some listeners on our facebook page so thank you to Howard and Felicia for, for sending this to us. If you have any suggestions for a topic, how can they reach us, Laura? Well, um, any of our social media, our uh, Twitter is at um, MarriedWithUchi, Instagram is at MarriedWithUchi, Facebook.com slash MarriedWithUchi, um, and our email address is MarriedWithUchi at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And if you forget any of that, it's all, you can find it all on our website. MarriedWithBG.com. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is a, a, a topic that when they when they initially brought it to our attention, I had to think about um, because sometimes when you're doing something, you just do it and don't realize what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Like think about if you've ever had to train somebody in your job. Mm-hmm. These are things that you've just been doing for so long. Yeah. That trying to explain step by step to somebody, you're going, huh, I didn't realize just how intricate intricate this is yeah like i remember somebody or i even at myself having to type out an instruction book on my job i've been like oh i didn't realize how much i do yeah yeah <laughs> so uh this one was the question was basically you know do you have any tips tricks any kind of advice um with with a family that has young young kids so like this person um you know is kind of around the same age as ours you know we've got a three-year-old and then almost eight months old at this point and um so how how do you number one find the time and the the you know, the opportunities to game with young kids like that but also if they've expressed interest in gaming you know how do you how do you go about that situation too when you're wanting to play games and they seem like they want to play too and how do you deal with that mm-hmm. so um that, w- that was a very good question so again thank you for the suggestion and when I r- those are things we've we've hinted at before yeah. in re- in um, previous podcasts, but we've never directly addressed it. And right. I r- specifically talked about it. I really enjoyed thinking through it and and typing it all out for for them. Um, so we wanted to share what we came up with here on the podcast. Okay. Um, so the first thing we want to say, um, and, and I'll start off with this, is <laughs> to the point of you know how do you work in time to game? Well. Mostly, we do our gaming at night once the girls are in bed. Right, yeah, we adhere, we really pretty much adhere to an 8 o'clock bedtime yeah. for the girls. Which leaves us with maybe two hours, two yeah. to three hours, depending on... Yeah, depending on how late we're willing to stay up. Yeah, or how invested in the game we are. Right, yeah. Um, so, those, that, those give you opportunities to play more of those in-depth games without distractions. You're really, really able to think about what you're doing. Um, and, you know, get through a little bit more games without having to stop and tend to your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, what's something else that, that we've done that re- works really well? Well, um, thankfully, we are lucky that we live close to my parents, and so we've got a couple that we play games with, and we will set aside a day or an evening or an afternoon specifically and a specific time window that we want to play games, and we will schedule that time with Nan- with Nanny and Granddaddy. Yay! To go, mm-hmm. go to Nanny and Granddaddy's house mm-hmm. while we play games. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's it's really great if you can do that. Again, we know not everybody is in the situation. My parents live a couple hours away too, and and they're another good resource for you know letting the kids go over there and. Um, right, like when we go down to visit them, mm-hmm. you do have friends there yeah. that we plug it into as well. That um, we schedule weeks in advance. Yeah, we will yeah. schedule it of on this day mm-hmm. we'll meet you guys at lunch and come over to your house and play, or Dave will even come to our to his parents' yeah. house and Trade play off. with us um, while his parents watch the girls. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't have you know family nearby, if even if you could you know save up. Or, or whatever, and, and and spend some money that you'd be spending maybe on new games, whatever, for a babysitter to give you a really good chunk of gaming, it's very refreshing, I would say. Right. I mean, just as much as a couple needs, mm-hmm. as, as how important it is to have a date night, mm-hmm. um, if gaming is your hobby, yeah, and that's a way that you relate with each other, then it, I would say it's important for you to yeah. get game time in. Mm-hmm. And, and like Spencer said, you, you might want to prioritize how you want to spend your money. Mm-hmm. Do you Would you rather hire a babysitter or, like, even our church has quote-unquote date night. Yes. That they open up the nursery on a Friday night mm-hmm. and pay five bucks a kid or something and drop them off for, what is it, like, two hours? Yeah. I think it's six to eight. Yeah. Um, and they'll feed them mm-hmm. pizza there or something. And you can get time to be alone. Yeah. Or, I mean, here's something that I just thought of. I don't know if we'd ever do it. I mean, well, we kind of have with our super awesome gaming weekend. But, you know, if your kids are in school or if they're in daycare or something, plan a vacation day to just not go to work one day and stay home. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're if you're not just calling in sick, that's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, take a vacation day. PTO. Yeah. You don't. Normal, and, you don't foresee yourself needing. Right, and, and stay home and play games. I, I think that is important. If this is something that you really enjoy doing, this is a hobby that brings you joy and, and satisfaction. Like for you, Spencer, you feel it's like a stress reliever. It is a stress reliever, and it's an, for me, it's an escape. You know, people. some people go to the movies to escape. Mm-hmm. I play games. People go running. I play games to escape whatever's going on at work, whatever's going on in politics. I mean, you don't know how many times recently... We've both gone put our phones down and go play Harry yes. Potter or Yeah, it's, it's so refreshing. So so that's another thing that we'd recommend doing is, yes, your, your, your family and your kids are important, but you do sometimes need time away. Yeah. Right. All right. Um, next, um, when that can't happen, when we can't get away... When we just have that itch to play during the day when the kids are awake, mm-hmm. um, we do we do try to involve our three-year-old. Obviously, the eight-month-old, she's not there yet. Right. So when she needs, we, like, put her in the bouncer. Mm-hmm. Or, or she can be bounced on down. Right. But if we get a game out, Emma is definitely going to be curious and come over and what what game are you playing? Ooh, I like this game. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. She's so precious. She's, she is very, very curious about games. Um, and, you know, with most, a good majority of our games, she can't play them yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do try to make an effort to at least involve her. Mm-hmm. And what are ways we do that? Well, um, we let her roll dice for us. Mm-hmm. We've had a 
she's had her own dive collection for well at least a year and a half now since she was, that was two. That was before that. You think before she was two he gave yeah. her dice? Yes. Oh okay. Well um <laughs> she's known how to roll dice for a while now so um we can let her roll our dice for us. Because even before I got her real dice we had those little styrofoam yeah. dice. Well not styrofoam. Oh, not styrofoam. Dice. Foam. Like rubber foam. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of thing. Those big ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um right so we let her do that. Mm-hmm. We let her you can let her move our pieces around the board for us. Mm-hmm. We let her draw our cards for yeah. us. Like you've talked about playing Arkham Horror the card game. Yeah. Um, letting her draw out of the chaos, the chaos tokens yeah. out of the bag for us. And that's the instance when she was drawing so much she better. Kept she kept drawing the Elder sign. sign. How on earth did you do that? <laughs> like, especially with us shaking it between yeah. each draw, and she mm-hmm. would still draw it. And she loved that because we would cheer, we'd get so excited, and she thought she was doing something so yeah, special, which she was. was really neat. So she felt really important. Yeah. So that was really and then cool. She went away. She yeah. got bored of it. And yeah. Yeah. So, so basically, all that, and you know, of course, we do that without letting her see the pictures of the scary monsters. Right. Yes. <laughs> but you know, really, any way you can let let your kids play without really playing, it's a great way for them to feel like they're involved. Yes. And it it does it introduces them to something that you enjoy and it helps them develop that. And you know, it's not something we ever want to recommend you force the hobby on your kids same way you don't want to force it on your friends or a spouse who yeah not be interested. exactly let them develop that curiosity and interest in it and and i would say that it's definitely having a desired effect on her mm-hmm. um, because now she owns her own game right and and that's one of the things we'll get to here in a second before we get to that though on the same token of her <laughs> same token, token of, of her, you know, doing things with us as we're playing. We also let her play with, with the components of some of the games, right? Right, yes. There have been mornings while you're at work, and I'm feeding the baby, and, um, Mommy, I want to play a game. And I can't really play a game with her, so mm-hmm. I will let her play with the components of the game. Mm-hmm. She always asks, um, she'll play, ask to play with the train game. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, she want to look. She wants to look at the Cold Express yeah. train. Because mm-hmm. I mean, come on, what is yeah. that so cute? Well, well I mean, she likes to play with uh, Formula D, moving the race cars around the track. Oh, she does. <laughs> and we have quote unquote played that yeah. with her before. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, um, we uh, we have get bit. Yeah, and she can play with the loves the sharks and the, the robots. Shark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it yeah it it's just a way of of getting her used to playing with the components mm-hmm. you know introducing to her and you know Laura might make an offhand comment of oh well that's used for this or that's used for that mm-hmm. um, she also has her own decks of playing cards that she likes to get out and make a mess of right. you know um, so she likes playing with the other components and so it, she gets used to the idea of using them in games but then also learning how to treat them nicely yes it's it's a perfect learning opportunity since there's a stipulator yeah. there's not like dead well cards. she well, we had dead of winter out one time and i don't know what i looked around looked down one second all of a sudden our first player token which is a knife was ripped in half and i yeah so i i <laughs> frowned so for a long it's time so first thought whenever we pull out that game yeah but it's it's like I said it's a perfect learning. She's starting to learn. Well, yeah, it's treat the pieces like that because that recently happened with one of her games. Her cousin mm, on accident mm-hmm. 
cool where the piece is, and she disappointed about yeah, that. Yeah, because it's all taped. It's all taped up. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's if you introduce them and be like, you know, you have to treat your your. It's the same thing with your toys though. You don't throw your toys on the ground. It's the same kind of thing. You don't treat you you treat things that you want to keep playing with nicely. Uh-huh. So that's that's a great thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but now let's get to if if she if we want to actually play a game with her, mm-hmm. let's talk about some different games that that w- that we've seen work well. Right, uh, which games that we have, but then like I can say there's at least one publisher. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Any parent of young children who's looking at that's Haba. Yeah, let's start there. Okay, Haba, Haba USA. Mm-hmm. They um, have a great presence on Twitter, and I'm not sure if they follow them on Instagram or not. I think they, so. I mean, they cater exclusively to children, and it's not even just games. They do have, like, baby toys mm-hmm. and whatnot, but they have excellent games. Aren't they the ones who make Rhino Zero? Yeah, yeah. Um, one that we have is Animal Upon Animal, mm-hmm. and it is a game with these different wooden animal pieces um, that you have to be able to stack strategically without it falling over, and mm-hmm. you roll a die to determine which one you get to stack. And uh, it's good for her with um, learning hand-eye coordination, yep, identifying animals, uh, colors, uh, those kinds of things. It's a good learning game, but mm-hmm. it, I mean, it's not like a tell me what number this is. Like it's it's an educational game, but mm-hmm. it's not overtly educational. Right. Right. And uh, but there are so many other ones. Like there's some kind of like princess unicorn game mm-hmm. that I want to get her. <laughs> it looks so adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the only hobby game that we have right now, but yeah. I, I highly recommend it. Well, yeah, and, and that's the interesting thing, and I think it has to do with it being, you know, a first and foremost a European company, and then, you know, then publishing over here in America, but our favorite game store, Madness, which has a lot of games, probably any game under the sun, they don't have any hobby games, yeah. which I didn't understand why, but... I mean, they, they do have a big section of kids' games, but they don't have any Haba games. So right. maybe, maybe Which Haba, that's the other thing about them. They go to such a young age. Yeah. Then that's hard to find. Yeah, it is. And they are good games. They're not crummy, mass market games you buy at Walmart. You roll and play. Yeah, yeah. No, these roll are, and lose, whatever yeah, it is. They're good games. So definitely take a look at Haba games. And like like Laura said, Animal on Animal upon Animal has been one that Emma enjoys. Um, another one that I came across. Um, you happen to have, like, a gift card yeah, on Amazon? Yeah, I had a gift card on Amazon, and I don't know if I saw this game. I don't know where I initially saw it, but Emma really likes Pete the Cat books. Right, uh, all started of we go to the library mm-hmm. for reading for reading program that's every Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and during the summer, they had special uh, thing going on that they had celebrities come in to read books to mm-hmm. them. And this one particular day, I it was while it was while I was pregnant with Jane, I just was not feeling up to going. And so, um, it was Nanny took her, and there was, uh, like a little musical group, but they read Pete the Cat books, and then sing the song, mm-hmm. because there's also, like, an animated series of Pete the Cat on PBS, that these songs come from, and so they play those songs, mm-hmm. like, I'm walking in my school shoes, yeah. and, and those songs like that, and Emma loves them, and her, my mother saw that Emma liked it, so she went and bought Pete the Cat books, mm-hmm. and so they read them together at Nanny and Granddaddy's house. Yeah. So Pete the Cat is a big deal. Yeah. 
And so I saw this game, and I thought, huh, she loves, yeah, she loves Pizza Gat. I'll get this game. I'll take a gamble. I've got this free gift card. It was going to be a Christmas. You didn't pay for it. No, I didn't pay anything for it. Basically, it was going to be a Christmas present, but I was too excited because, you know, games, board games. So we'll give it to her early, and the premise of the game really is, this is a Pizza Cat Groovy Buttons game. Which is a specific book yeah. that it corresponds to. And it's, it's a square board, and there are button spaces lined around the board, and uh, each button is a different color. There's either green, blue, or red, and they have different numbers on them. Uh, red means you have to, there's a big Pizza Cat picture in the middle, too. So everybody has a button jar, a flat button jar, and everyone starts with two cardboard buttons and you spin the spinner if you land on a red button you have to give pete that many cat uh that many buttons if you land on a green space you get that many buttons into your button jar and if you land on the blue space you have to trade button jars with another player mm-hmm. um basic simple game and you just keep going until all the buttons are distributed yeah and then count whoever has the most buttons so what this game does it it, it teaches colors you know red green blue it teaches that they have different, they mean different things. Not only are they different colors, but in the game, they have a different result. That was a big concept. It was. For her. It really was. And I didn't realize it was going to be mm-hmm. um, until we were playing it with her. Of okay, Anna, you landed. What color is the button that you landed on? Mm-hmm. Red. What does red mean? Means I'll give Pete the button that, and what numbers on it? Two. So what do you do? I give Pete two buttons. Yeah. We ha- I had to go through that mm-hmm. for every turn for I think two games. Yeah. Until she got the concept and now she just does it. Yeah. It was it was a really good learning opportunity for her to know that, you know, when you land on something, you have a result, you know, a consequence of what happens. And well, that's learning how to count the spaces. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. instead of you know how kids might count the space they start on mm-hmm. on accident, and she's learned she yeah. can count the next one starting mm-hmm. um, turn order. Yeah, learning how to tick turns. Mm-hmm. It's I mean it's it's a very simple game, but it had just that game in itself has taught her some really great concepts and she for loves gaming. It. She loves it. Fortunately, it's kind of falling apart already. Yeah, because um, it's a it's a square board that folds up and it's got a spinner built into it. So every time we fold it, it the middle of the board has worn out because it's a mm-hmm. quad fold. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's worn out. Um, the character pieces, like, they don't balance very well because they're just cardboard on little plastic stands, and so they don't balance mm-hmm. well, and they fall over super easy. But, yeah, I mean, it serves its purpose. Yeah. It's a kid's game. Yeah. And like, like Laura said, she's she's always asking to play it, which... Yes, pizza cat game. I don't mind playing. I really don't. I mean, it's it's even though it's basic, I still enjoy playing with her. Uh-huh. So that's that's one I would highly recommend. She likes playing that one more than Animal Upon Animal. Well, and then that opened it up since she has that. She also has some Christmas money, and Spencer took her to the store and let her pick her own theme, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool to yeah. let her do that. Yeah, and she loved picking it. Mm-hmm. I can't say that. The game is as fun as the others. She got a, a Peppa Pig game, and it's just like a treasure hunt. You go around the board looking for different treasure pieces, and um, it's it's kind of like a mix of memory and moving around. Mm-hmm. And um, she really likes it. That's what matters. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, it was it was fun to let her go to the store and pick out her own game, and she enjoyed it too. 
So she's definitely at that point where she thinks of herself as a gamer. Any game you can find that your kid connects to and gets them used to playing and, and teaching those kinds of concepts like winning and losing and turn order and all that oh, um, is, is a really good way to, to keep them engaged and, and interested in, in the hobby that you love. And as long as you're sharing your passions and uh, with them and letting them see how excited you are about it, then then I think they'll honesty is what they'll see. Yes. And and it'll mean something to them. Right. Um, Whether or not they themselves adopt that passion, they'll at least have a respect for it. Right. So we've talked about lots of different ways you can include your kids, whether it's through um, letting them participate or actually playing games with them. Um, but what do you do if they're not interested, they don't want to, but you still want to play a game and you can't find time away and you can't play when they go to bed, blah, 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 blah. Well, you might be looking for games that like just you and your spouse can play um, while the kids run around. <laughs> so, you know, you're wanting to look for something that's kind of that's, that's short, light. So you can step away from the table for a minute, you know, if you need to go, the kid falls down crying, you need to go take care of her. Fix that snack. Yeah, or hey, you stop that, you know, leave the dog alone, that kind of stuff. Uh, something you can step back and then come back to the table and jump right in without much thought. Um, so we, we thought about some games that would fit that situation perfectly. Um, games we've actually talked about recently that have ins- uh, entered our collection recently that we'd recommend for the situation. Um, so why don't you name a few? Okay, Walk on Fire Yeah, um, is a game that we uh, talked about on the podcast last time, and we also have put up a video review of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick and easy game. Yeah, um, Starfall, we've talked about it on the podcast. Yes. Um, that one's great. It's a great set collection game. Again, though, you know, it's one that you could very easily, as long as you remember whose turn it was, mm-hmm. you know, come right back to after stepping away. Yeah. Splendor mm-hmm. um, is a classic that a lot of people. That's quickly becoming a classic. Yeah, and, definitely. Um, people know this game, and whether you only play the iOS version or you have the physical copy, mm-hmm. uh, that is easily one to. Yeah. Do. We we can leave it out on the table while you go and go play. So yeah, yeah. Which is really sweet. Um, love letter is a good one. Of course, any edition, our favorite is Batman, the Batman edition. Come on, the Batman edition works the best. (laughs) Although, I am curious about the Cthulhu edition coming out soon. Yeah. Lovecraft letter. Yeah, I know, but... But... I don't know. The Batman edition is just really good. Oh, we'll see. It is, though. (laughs) Um, Martial arts, another one that we've done, we've talked about on the podcast, and Mm -hmm. we've done a video review if you'd like to check it out. Yeah. Great. Just a deck of cards. Yes. Simple warlike game. Yeah. Good, easy to look at, but easy to play. Yes, and quick. Um, yeah, and Tides of Time or Tides of Madness, either one of those from Portal Games. Mm-hmm. Great, great drafting game. Um, really quick, really quick, get that one out of the way and play it, have a good time, and then move on to something else. Um, Cthulhu Realms, yeah. Star Realms. Mm-hmm. It's a good good deck uh, builders, uh, very simple deck builders. Yeah, two player mm-hmm. game that you can here you do your turn, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, just just games that do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, real real simple, real 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 quick, easy. Um, or anything like that fits fits that. Yeah. Also, like welcome to the dungeon, mm-hmm. welcome back to the dungeon. Yeah. 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 
so those are just some some ideas of, of what you could try and um ones we've had success in playing while while emma's running around <laughs> and or at night when oh jane woke back up to go put <laughs> to sleep yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um but you know that that pretty much brings us to a close on that topic do you have anything else to add well um if any of you have an idea oh yeah of a good game for that situation no matter what's popping in my head that we've actually had to do recently is harry potter hogwarts battle mm-hmm. i think we told y'all about this we got stuck on game four so bad and we played that we had to have played game four of harry potter hogwarts battle like six or seven times and we've just finally given up on it and we moved on to game five Mm -hmm. and in the middle of game five jane woke up yeah and we were able to it was because it was during nap time right right but we were towards the end of the game lord uh lord voldemort had been revealed so Mm -hmm. we were down to our final villains that we were facing so she just sat in my lap and uh and kind of passed her back and forth a little bit until we finished the game before we had to feed her yeah it worked fine. Yeah. But there are plenty of others, I'm sure, out there. Mm-hmm. And if any of you guys have a suggestion for us of a good game that we should check out for just such a situation, please contact us on any of our social media platforms. Yeah. And again, you can find links to all of those on our website, nerdofdc.com. Yeah. And if you have anything else that fits this topic, you know, anything that you've done that works well, um, that we've touched right. on. Like including engaging your children yeah. through gameplay. Or any of your kids' favorite games that, yeah. that you'd recommend for us to try with Emma. We'd love to hear suggestions on that. So yeah, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Um, so closing that out, let's go to the future. What is next for Mary Lou Board Games? Well, oh, you guys. if you've ever heard of the word slew, this is a perfect definition for it. We've got a slew of Kickstarter games coming up that we're going to have reviews for. Yeah, spring always, for I feel like spring is always a super busy mm-hmm. time for people, and that is no different for us when it comes to getting reviews done. Yeah, well, and part of the problem, too, is just because the last couple of weeks we haven't been able to do anything I know, for one reason or the other. It re- <laughs> one reason or another, yeah. I wanted to say. Well, like you said, I was out of town, too. So, um... We're, we're, we're going to be working how we've got, I've planned out the month and the <laughs> month. Because we, oh, yeah. we, we have received, we're so excited mm-hmm. about a bunch of Kickstarter games that we have to review mm-hmm. um, and more to come. Yeah. But then on top of that, um, Tom with the Dice Tower has mm-hmm. been so inundated with games that he is sending us some to yeah. review for him. Yeah. And Oh, that means we got to get our others done first. Yeah, exactly. Well, and also, you know, with Kickstarter games, they've got a very specific deadline. You know, they got to go up before the game goes up on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And all of these, with the exception of, like, of Rabbit Island, are going up in March. So we got to get all of them done, too. Uh, so you guys are going to be like, wow, they really kicked it in high gear this month. Well, it's because we have to. Yes. <laughs> Not only because we have to, but really and truly, we do enjoy it. Every minute of it, whether it's recording the reviews or playing the games or talking about on the podcast, we, you know, we love sharing these games with you guys, whether it's, you know, the good, the bad, whatever. Um, we like talking games to you and we're, we're grateful to have such a, a listening audience, you know, supportive, supportive. I'm, 
Guys, January looks awesome for our, our podcast listens. It's our best month yet, and every year or every month is getting. And that's even with us being out. Yeah. With the episode. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's with one episode this month. Wow. It's our most listened to to month. So we thank you so much for listening. We've had some great reviews left for us on iTunes. We just had a brand new one, and everything. Anytime we hear back from you all, um, it makes us smile. So thank you. Please keep listening to us, and we'll keep improving everything that we do and um again reach out to us with anything that you have you have anything else laura um like i said just be looking forward to some super tasty game night grub to make up for the fact that we are lacking in oh yeah i'm looking forward to it oh yeah my taste buster yes (laughs) all right well if you have nothing else this has been episode 10 of the married with board games podcast i'm spencer thank you so much for listening